You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. It's uh, time for another edition of Lockdown Indians, again brought to you by Ohio vs. Everyone. That is Ohio vs. Everyone, the fantastic new sports site that is all about everything Ohio sports. I can vouch for the Indian side of things. Matt B. over there does a great job. I've known him for years. Go check out Ohio vs. Everyone today. So today's show, uh, I got a question um, from Andy on Twitter. Gosh, I hope that is his name. Uh, I apologize if it isn't. It's a late night. So, But asking about what the 20, 2024 Indians might look like. So we'll talk about that for part of the show today. We will start off with a Brewers preview. We'll look at the advanced stats, and then we'll dive into the one-to-one. This is a Brewers team that, by the way, uh, has the second lowest batting average in baseball. Now, batting average is not my favorite stat, but they're batting 214. How about 253? Oh, that's their last few games. I mean, they're just... I mean, they make the Indians look like a juggernaut. Uh, Texas is a 211. The reason I even knew this is because I saw that there was a point in time where Milwaukee was battling for a chance to have the lowest batting average ever by a team. Uh, NL Washington batted 207 in 1888. So they were challenging that. In the AL, it's uh, Chicago with a 212 in 1910. So, yes, Texas is challenging a 1910 record. Um, it's kind of crazy to look at all of that. Uh, we will see how it goes, but that should just sit there and tell you that uh, this is a very bad Milwaukee team. I mentioned on yesterday's show that this is a team that made a interesting choice this offseason. They let a lot of players go. They went out and signed a lot of players to one-year contracts. Basically, they decided to make a team full of rentals. Um, a few players got uh, a little bit beyond that. And the Brewers went from a team that made the playoffs to a team that is currently 17-19. and 19. When we look at those ex- uh, expanded wildcard uh, stuff, they are currently on the outside looking in for the wildcard. They're just uh, not great in a lot of ways. So let's just get into it. Let's get into these numbers. Uh, Eric Sogard, one of their free agents, is blue across the board. He had a strong year last year. Like bottom second of the league, bottom two percent in uh, expected slugging. Uh, exit velocity is bottom three percent. Hard hit is bottom one percent. He's not good. Omar Navarez, who came off of back-to-back strong years uh, as an offensive catcher, and now he's bottom ten of the league and weighted on base average, bottom four percent in hard hit, bottom one percent in exit velocity, bottom six percent in expected batting average. Justin Smoke, another one of those free agents. Bottom six in expecting batting average. Bottom six in uh, expected weighted on base. Basically, you have Yelich, who's fifth in hard hit and is fourth in percentile-wise in exit velocity, and no one else has anything positive offensively to say about them as a team. It's, it is really ugly to look at. And then when we hop over to the baseball savant numbers for pitching, well... You know, Josh Hader is still Josh Hader, and he's still a excellent reliever. Devin Williams, he was either a first-round pick. He might have been a second-round pick. I don't think they had a first-round pick back when they were just failing to get all their picks. And he was this flamethrowing high school kid, and this was when I was just starting to cover the draft. And uh, he was viewed as a potential first-rounder. It was this great value pick in the second round, and it took him a bit of time to get there. 
Uh, obviously, if that was one of my early drafts, you're probably talking about like 2011, 2012. And, you know, it took till about this year. He'd had some uh, some chances in the show before that. But this year, he has just been awesome for this team. Uh, top 1% in weighted on-base average. Hard hit percentage, 8. Top 2% of the league in exit velocity. Top 1% in expected batting average. Top 1% in expected slugging. You could make a case that he has been better than Josh Hader for them this year. Uh, who else is doing? Alex Claudio, who they gave up a competitive balance pick a few years ago, has a top 8% in exit velocity. Freddie Peralta, top 6% in expected batting average. On the negative side of things, I thought they might find a way to get more out of Eric Lauer. And it's he's got a bunch of blues. He's been... Uh, has not been a success story for them this year, unfortunately. Corbin Burns has had some ups and downs on the year. Uh, it's a, interesting from the perspective that, you know, we hear about a lot of the great things that the Milwaukee Brewers do, uh, that they take kind of players who are not as good in other places and make them successful. But they don't seem to do that with their own guys. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, we'll have to wait and see. He's such an interesting story because he got hurt and he killed his draft stock. Uh, he, I think, was arguably one of the top prospects in this system. Bobby Wall, former Indians uh, draft pick. J.P. Fireisen, who was part of the Indians trade for uh, Andrew Miller. They've got some names. Josh Lindbaum, who they went out and signed from Korea, I believe. It's an interesting pitching rotation. It's just not effective. And, I mean, the long and short of it is Milwaukee is just not a good team. And what's really bad for them is it's a deadly combination of a, a soon-to-be-mostly-free-agent roster that is not good and one of the worst minor leagues in all of baseball. You really can't ask for a worse combination. And they have a fantastic deal when it comes to um, Christian Yelich, but would they ever consider trading him? I don't know. I don't know what the cost would be. Uh, it would be one of those things with the Indians would build up all this depth, which should go 100% all-in if they were ever to consider trading him but you also understand why this team was willing to talk josh Hader. teams didn't seem to be as uh, aggressive in the relief market this year but if they can get a lot of value for him especially after we talked about what devin williams has done of course they should move Hader and get some pieces and if we're just looking at like wrc plus runs created plus lorenzo kane did he get hurt or did he opt out or maybe he opted out after he got hurt i can't remember but five games for him jed uh, Gallorco, 21 games. He's got a, a WRC of 147. Yelich is at 117 in 34 games. And then Manny Pina, their catcher, is at a 102. Keston Huara is at 95. Same with uh, Orlando Arcia. Then ben, ben Gamble at 90. And then it just goes off a clip. Mark Matias, who <laughs> I never thought thought would get to the big leagues he just always seemed like a, a scrappy guy whose talent level wasn't quite there uh he got 14 games for them this year 33 at bats a zero percent walk rate and a 21 percent strikeout rate and a uh, batting average of he's actually batting 303 which for them is not too bad i mean his WRC plus of 83 is higher than Avicel Garcia, Justin Smoke, Omar Navarez, Ryan Braun, Brock Holt, who this team recently cut. It's just been, like I said, offensively it's been struggles. And when you look at something like FIP, which is a success indication tool for pitchers, 
best fit is Devin Williams, then followed by Freddie Peralta. And Peralta had been a starter at points. He's only got one start this year. He's mostly worked out of the pen. Then comes Corbin Burns, then David Phelps, who they just traded, then Drew Rasmussen. Then you got Hayter, who's tied with Jed Goyorko for his one appearance. Uh, then comes Brandon Woodruff, who's had eight starts, who I don't think came up in their system. I think he was a trade acquisition. So the long and short of this is is that the pen is, is certainly an advantage between Peralta, Hayter, and Williams, but that is really the only place of significant depth the Brewers have. And if your business is like the Brewers and needs depth, you should go over to Indeed.com. Indeed.com is one of the fantastic sponsors of our site, the newest fantastic sponsor for our site, and they are a premium place to go out there and find people to work for you. They give you full control employment flexibility they, that you only pay for what you need and you can pause your account anytime. So if you're all filled up and you don't need anyone, guess what? Indeed's like, we understand. Come back to us when you have a need because they know you'll come back. They know the service is so good that you will pause and come back. They have sponsored jobs which are three and a half times more likely to result in a hire and 75% of on jo- online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to be an important hire is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed right now. Go there, sign up, and you get a $75 credit, to, which is their best offer available anywhere. You're going to go to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer only valid through September 30th. And... Go get your job post. Go get those candidates you need for your position to make your business run. Postmates. Uh, what more can I say about Postmates? I am lazy. Uh, today was our first day back in school with uh, 15 kids in a room. And, man, after not having done that for a while, it was exhausting being on your feet, chasing elementary school kiddos around, uh, making sure everyone knows where they're going and the like. And let me tell you, at the end of a day like that, Postmates is your best friend because you don't want to do anything. You don't want to go to the store. You don't want to pick up groceries. You don't want to worry about dinner. Postmates brings it all to you within an hour after you've placed an order. You go online, use the app, which is on Android or iOS, and they're going to bring you what you need when you need it. You're going to go use the app, use that promo code locked on, all one word, to get $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. 100 bucks of free delivery credit. So they're just bringing it to you for free. You don't have to worry about it. You know, I mean, you're paying for your items, obviously, but you're getting that delivery part of it. Their service part of it is $100 of free delivery credit. So go check out Postmates right now. Be lazy. Take a weekend. It is a long weekend, right? This is a, a big weekend coming up with some uh, extra rest and relaxation time. Use Postmates. Give yourself a break. Be lazy and have what you need brought to you. Okay, so let's do the matchup points as we go through. People have enjoyed this in the past, and then we will talk about 2024 Indians. Okay, so let's let's just go at it. Lo- Louis uh, Urias, who was one of the big pieces, and I mean, we didn't even mention the fact that they went out and traded uh, Zach Davies and Trent Grisham for Louis Urias and Eric Lauer. Davies has been the better pitcher. He was the better pitcher. We knew that in the deal. Lauer had more years of control. And Grisham's been a borderline MVP candidate. Well, man, I really liked Urias. Urias, And I was like, he was a guy I would, you know, pound my chest about because 
uh, Taylor really got me paying attention to him back in the day, Taylor Blake Ward. And we put him in the top 100 before anyone else did. And then eventually he became a top 100 prospect. We're like, we nailed this. We nailed it. And then um, now it's just, it, it has not translated. <laughs> so uh, we were ahead of the curve, but we were more wrong that way. So uh, I don't know why I'm starting at second base, but clear win for the Indians. Let's shift to catcher. Uh, Omar Navarez has struggled. Manny Pena has been good. But he is currently hurt. He is not on the roster. Jacob Nottingham is on the roster. Uh, after Pena's good start, he needed knee surgery on a torn meniscus. Had the surgery uh, on the first, so that's a you know relatively recent thing for them. That's a big loss for them. Uh, Navarez is a terrible defender who is an excellent hitter or had been. And right now, he is terrible at both. So at least Prez is good at one thing. So advantage Indians at catcher in second. Let's move to first base. Carlos Santana is a little bit up and down, but uh, he's better than Justin Smoke offensively. And Smoke was the, you know a, a gold standard. I don't know if he did win the gold glove. I'd have to go look that up and see if he was. But, I mean, he was the guy who was like the best defender uh, for a lot of people's money at first base. And now, I mean, Carlos Santana this year has just been unbelievable. Like, Carlos Santana is a legitimate golden glo- gold glove candidate at first base. First base advantage, Indians. Moving to short, Arcia. Man, that's another one I blew. I'll be honest. Like, I thought he was a top-time prospect in baseball. I thought he was going to be the next star at shortstop. Uh, Brewers' prospects have just not transitioned well to the majors. Like, that's just the long and short of it. Advantage, Indians. Moving to third base, Eric Sogard. We talked about how he's in the bottom of many categories in uh, looking at advanced statistics. Advantage Indians. So right now, the Indians have a clean sweep, all five positions. Moving to the outfield. We'll start in left. That is a that is where you have the clear win for the Brewers with Yelich uh, over Naylor. Uh, that's, there's no point even. But fun fact, both those guys were drafted by and started their careers in the Miami organization. Moving to center field, uh, Avicel Garcia is not a great defender out there. He missed some time with injury. His bat has not been as strong, but I mean, I'm going to take his meager production over Delano DeShields. Um, so I'll give them an advantage there. Uh, it, it could have been a push if I'm being 100% honest, but I'll give them the advantage. Right field, Ben Gamel, um, not particularly effective this year. I will take the Naquin Luplo Platoon over Gamel. And then at DH, you have uh, Keston versus Franmel. Keston's kind of disappointed after what looked like, a, you know, at points, it was a very strong rookie season. Franmel's been great. That's clear advantage Indians. So we look at those, you know, essentially nine spots uh, for batting the Indians take seven of nine it's one of the more dominant performances they've had with the the offensive struggles the Indians have had they still blow past anything that is going on with uh Milwaukee Milwaukee's rotation of Lindbaum who's been okay Corbin Burns who's been really strong of late Adrian Hauser who was at Houston cast off and they need all the pitching they can get Brett Anderson who, yes, that Brett Anderson is still around uh, and kicking, and you know he's not quite as effective as he had been. Clear advantage, Indians. Like, okay, uh, Corbin Burns would probably be like the Indians' third starter, maybe their fourth starter, and he is far and away the number one here. Uh, he's been really good. That's not to like necessarily crap on him, 
but I don't think anyone else from that rotation could even make the Indians rotation, so let's put it that way. Moving to the bullpen, uh, Hader, Peralta, and Williams is about as good of a 1-2-3 as you can find. Uh, Sutter has been effective after that. We talked about Yardley and Cladino. Uh, Fire Eisen, I've always been a fan of his. I like that he's getting reps. Drew Rasmussen's been effective in his appearances out of the pen. Uh, I'm going to give the Brewers the pen advantage. Uh, the Indians' pen has been fine. It's been solid. It's been steady this year. It may not be the most exciting bullpen, uh, but it, it's been, like I said, it's just been a... Wow, Brad Hand is third in rankings on fan graphs for closers, or for relievers. That's kind of shocking. And then you have Karen Schock, who's, you know, really strong. And then, you know, Whitgren and, and Maiton have been good. But even with Hand being as effective as he's been and Karen Schock being as good as he's been, the Indians just can't match up to the one, two, three of the Brewers. So... Let's talk about the weekend series. Plesak, oh no, that was, I'm looking at the wrong ones. Monday, we get Matt Harvey versus Plesak. That's, uh, I'm not going to do a Royals preview. I think by now we all know the Royals. Uh, I'll give you my, uh, this should be unsurprising, Advantage Indians and Zach Plesak versus Matt Harvey and the Kansas City Royals on Monday. Uh, Shane Bieber, Brad Anderson is Sunday. That's Advantage Indians. Carlos Carrasco versus Corbin Burns. Pitching matchup-wise, Carrasco's been a little bit up and down, but he's still a solid pitcher. But, I mean, we talked about Burns has been really good of late. So they do have an advantage in the Friday game with Burns. Uh, Savali versus Woodruff. Uh, Woodruff's actually been pretty solid as well of late for them. But uh, Savali is a clear advantage. The Indians should sweep this series. Honestly, with as bad as the offense has been for the Brewers, this should be a three-game sweep. Uh, if they lose a game, Friday is really the only one that they should uh, give up in this series. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Just because you have the four games against Kansas City. We have the off uh, off day Thursday, and then it's a stretch. Next Thursday they play again. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see. You know, This is a team that is currently a game up on the White Sox, a game and a half up on the Twins. Uh Milwaukee and Kansas City are some cakewalks. They can build that lead up before they get into Minnesota, and Minnesota has not been the same team as they were a year ago. Man, the Brewers took all that time. So, uh, should we do a quick 2024 Indians? Like, I can't, I won't go super in depth on it, but let's just uh, go position by position quickly. Currently, everyone on the roster will not be on the with this team in 2024 who plays catcher. So, your hope is Bo Naylor, the top prospect, would be the guy who'd step in and be your starting catcher. The backup may not even be in system right now. Uh, first base, Naylor, I believe, should still be in uh, system. He's the first base prospect of note for me. I don't really, not so much a Bobby Bradley guy. I've been very honest about that. Naylor's done a good job of getting himself in better shape. He's well enough to play the outfield. He'll be fine at first base. Second base, uh, Mike Freeman could still be with the team in 2024. That's right. He could still be here. And if Tito's the manager, he likely still will be, even though he'd be like 36, 37 then. But I think your second baseman in the future right now, if I'm projecting, is Ty Freeman, the uh, current shortstop. But for a lot of us, we've talked about him probably moving to second base long term. Uh, he could, but he could pass as a shortstop. Let's let's put it that way. Shortstop Gabriel Arias. I, I don't know why I'm going hard on accents today. Uh, Gabriel Arias, the shortstop who they got in the Padres deal, uh, you have to assume that they see him as the shortstop of the future. Uh, third base, Nolan Jones would be the hope. Uh, 
that would be when Jose Ramirez hits unrestricted free agency before the 2024 season. So you're hoping Nolan Jones steps up to that spot. Outfield, you could still have Luplo and Mercado. Uh, so this is actually a harder thing to figure out because the Indians' outfield situation is not all that rosy in the minors. And if you're just looking at prospects, you're hoping George Valera is one of those outfielders. And then you're probably hoping, since you're still going to have Luplo, maybe a Daniel Johnson Luplo platoon. And, you know, if you got Valera, you'd need kind of a center fielder. I don't know if Petey Halpin's going to be ready by then. You know, it's one of those things, especially with his having missed time. I guess we project Mercado in center field, and then you have a, a, a Leplo, um Johnson platoon and George Valera at the other spot. Starting pitching, uh, Bieber, Savali, Plesak would all be there, and Bieber would be Arb 3. The other two would be Arbitration 2, so they would even have more years of control beyond that. Uh, McKenzie, you're assuming, is your fourth. So who becomes the fifth? I mean, that's the thing. That's right. In 2024, everyone but Carrasco is still in this rotation, and Carrasco becomes a free agent after 2023. The most he ever makes is $14 million. It's a very um, nice, easy-going contract. So when you look at their prospects list, you know, Espino, he could be up by then. Ethan Hankins, um, Gosh, Tanner Burns, I mean, conceivably could be up by then. You're hoping Joey Cantillo, uh, Cantillo will be up there. So I'm going to project Cantillo as the fifth um, for the Indians. I think that they will find a little bit more with him. So that uh, that eliminates, that's, that's your rotation. And then bullpen. So who's going to still be in the pen then? Adam Pletko is still set up to be in the pen then. And again, I think what he does is valuable as that kind of backing guy. You've got Karen Chalk and you have Class A um, as well. So those are three guys. But if you look at this team, that means you know you got to replace Hand, Perez, Wetgren, Simber, Maiton. Oh, and then Quantrell is still projected to be in there. So you got to find five more relief arms. So who are the five more relief arms? Nick Sandlin, Robert Broom, Kyle Nelson are your top three relievers in the minors. So that leaves two spots left. With those two spots, I will project Daniel Espino, because I've said I think he's probably more reliever than starter long-term. And then with the final spot, uh, I'm trying to think if there's a reliever that I'm, you know, very in thought. You know, Lenny Torres. Let's go with Torres. Torres has an electric arm, but has been hurt. He is undersized. He's kind of a two-pitch guy. So we'll go with, uh, we'll go with Lenny Torres there. Now that means... Who haven't I even talked about amongst top prospects who were projected to be in the majors by then? Uh, Aaron uh, Brachio, the uh, young second baseman. I didn't talk about uh, Brian uh, Rocoyo. No mention of Gabriel Rodriguez, Carson Tucker. I just, you know, a small thing on Bobby Bradley, but you keep going down. Owen Miller, uh, the Indian. I mean, he's probably going to make the team next year. I didn't even mention him, the other player in that San Diego deal. He could be the Indian starting second baseman next year, but he may not project to hold that position down the line just because the depth. And that's, I guess, the fun of the system. We didn't really talk about Logan Allen, either of them. We didn't talk about Angel Martinez, Carlos Vargas, Scott Moss. Uh, there's a lot of interesting players, and that's what's kind of crazy about this system. It's a deep system. And, you know, at the end of the year, they'll graduate out. Probably Tristan McKenzie. Bobby Bradley probably gets released because of a 40-man crunch. Um, I just, you know, the fact that he hasn't get, got an opportunity, uh, I think, 
just really speaks. You know, the fact that they didn't even think he could play outfield well enough to get a shot is really all you need to know. So let's see, you talk about this top 30. Um, Karen Chalk graduates out, and uh, uh, Bradley Cut, and I assume McKenzie graduates out. So it's 27 in the top 30. It's probably going to be a top 10 farm system uh, at the end of the year. So that, that depth will make them an interesting team going forward. And that's what they're building with. You know, we talked about that San Diego deal. Uh, I mean, I projected everyone from that deal on the roster because your backup is Owen Miller. He's your utility infielder. Um, I, did, I forgot to mention DH. Fran Mill would still be under contract as well. So I project him as your DH down the line. But that's, you know, this, the team is set up to... To stand a few losses, you know, who do they lose at the end of this year? They lose Oliver Perez, and he has performed better than I could have thought he would. I still feel like it's a little smoke and mirror, so I think he's a relatively easy person to replace. You lose Cesar Hernandez, and then you lose Sandy Leone. I don't know, uh, Sandy Leone, I keep wanting to add an E there. Possibly, you know, 5.5 million, they will pick up that club option on Roberto Perez. 17.5. They're not going to pick that up for, for, for Carlos Santana. He's having a good but not great year. Maybe they work out something less because they don't have a ton of options internally. Yes, Josh Naylor could play there next year, but uh, they don't have a lot of outfield options to begin with, so there's always a chance to bring Santana back at a lesser rate. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Cesar Hernandez is likely gone. Um, I will wish him well. He's been a great value to the Indians, but you're hoping that Jose Ramirez to second base, Nolan Jones to third base. That is, I think, what everyone is hoping for next year. You know, unless Lindor gets traded, which is very likely, and that's going to throw everything on its head. So there it is. Uh, 2024 projections, some overall thoughts on the system. I could have just made this a whole podcast and saved myself uh, a little bit of work. But we'll have the Brewer series to talk about for... Um, well, we may not have a podcast on Tuesday. I will have to double-check. Sometimes these big holidays are a day off. But uh, if... It is. I wish you all a great holiday. Have a relaxing, fun weekend. And hopefully the Indians will come away having done what they need to do and just swept the Brewers. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. Thanks to blackout restrictions, I won't be able to watch the games this weekend, so you have to tell me how people looked. Thank you to all the great listeners out there, and as always, go Tribe.